0: your toddler just hit their sibling. Should you use time out or time in? What's the difference? It's the age old debate. And which one might work in the short term versus which one has long term benefits? I just wanted to share with you something super exciting. It's called the 25 days of Christmas toddler activities and tips guide. Me and eight other contributors that are experts in their field, everything from self care help to nutrition for your toddler has taken part in this amazing guide. If you go to the link in the show notes, you will see it There. And the great thing is, if you opt in and get the guide now, you will also be included in the Thanksgiving guide, which is super amazing and helpful. And it was created by me and Nicole Prom at the Way It Really Is Mom blog. She is a twin mom. We made this Thanksgiving bonus guide together. It's really exciting. We go through. Read, play, create, connect, and then we let you know what the 25 Days of Christmas Guide schedule is. So you can get that in the show notes and get awesome book recommendations, fun crafts play activities for inside and outdoors, and other fun connecting activities to bring the holiday and make it more meaningful for your family. In today's episode, we are talking about time out versus time in. What is the difference? What does the neuroscience say about our child's emotional development? And what is out there online, whether it be blog posts or podcasts talking about time in or time out? Also, what studies are supporting Time out or time in? What have we learned from the new studies on time in? And how does this differ from some practices that are being used in school systems, such as a safe area for physical safety, or such as time in for preschool students where they're working beside their classmates but with space? And when do we use those versus when we use other solutions and strategies? And also, what does that have to do with like a calm area? Because is time in, in a calm area the same thing as a break? So how does this all matter? What does this all mean? We're really breaking down and diving into this today for Your Toddler. I would love to get started with time out versus time in, okay? So I have heard this stated, okay? I've heard it stated somewhere in different words, but time in isn't just a softer or rebranded version of time out. That's just my opinion. It's not the same. It's fundamentally different. It is guiding our children through their emotional and behavioral development. And why does this matter? While time out can definitely work in the short term, I really do recommend we go through this data and using different strategies like a calm space, which can align with a time in approach. Because I have my own time in approach that I wanna share after sharing all of this information with you. And why does this even matter? Because we have really short window of time to work on emotional control, which is self-regulation skills. Of course, we can still work on them later in childhood, but the optimal time for your toddler to learn is from birth to five, and we see a peak around eight months. It kind of, this, this peak goes from eight months to two years, and then it rapidly decreases around the age of three. Have you ever heard of, you know, learning a second language as a child is easier than an adult? So is this the second language that our children didn't learn? So self-regulation is different than a second language because it has profound effects. But you may have heard the similar comparison that learning a second language when you're younger can be easier. And so parents are prioritizing learning a second language at a younger age to go with that research, okay? But self-regulation skills, is this the missing second language? We're not teaching our children how we go about teaching it or not teaching it matters. So when I was going around and I was looking what was out there, there was no way I could go and look at everything. I will say that could be a flaw of this episode is it it was not possible for me to read every ounce of information and spend days and weeks on it. But what I did is I found as much information as I could, especially information top that had SEO, search engine optimization, meaning when most parents search for it, this is what's coming up, okay? So what I did find was some outdated blog posts that had great SEO, that means when you type it on Google it can come up first. So by outdated what I mean is they never updated the blog post and I actually w- we'll get into that in a second. I also found a podcast episode I was actually really excited about listening to that was claiming time out and time in is the same thing and I definitely want to talk about that as well. And I see that perspective, okay? I see the correlation i see how one could think that but i want to offer a different perspective and this is my own perspective my own opinion on it with all my experience okay being a teacher for 10 years who specialized in behavior but also being a twin mom to two toddlers okay so i found a article That had pretty good SEO that was published in 2019. And it kind of stated that time ins, the experts are recommending time ins instead of time outs as discipline practice for kids, but there isn't any science that backs it up. Okay, so that was posted in 2019. I found another article that, so that article popped up at the top, but was written before a lot of studies came out about the topic and it was never edited or updated. And it just kind of stated there was limited research on the matter. Like there wasn't really very much supportive evidence. Okay. And so I thought that was interesting because I actually found the studies that were supporting time ins before I found this blog post because I was specifically looking for journals and studies and articles, right? First, before I was just using Google. So, when I went to this blog post, I did enjoy it, but I was on the blog post, I could not find the date. It was published. So I could not find the date. and I and I just assumed it was recently published. And I was kind of surprised. I was like, okay, so there's not really anything out there. There's not really any studies that has any feedback or information for us. Um, so, what I ended up having to do was research the blog post through Google to find the date, and it was actually published in March of 2021. And what I found was just a few weeks later, after that blog post was published, a study came out exactly about this. Okay. So, and then a full year later after that, another study came out about it and this blog post was not updated. So the reason I'm calling attention to this is that we can read information online and take it you know, take it for what it is. But sometimes we also need to really take it with a grain of salt because this person did not update their blog post, yet it is going to the top. It's bouncing to the top of your Google search. And when you read, there's not really anything on it, that could be easy to believe. Also, just like when I found that, or I listened to that podcast episode that said, time in and time out is essentially the same thing. We're just renaming it. One could also just believe that. But I went and searched and searched and searched and read studies and read parent feedback. And what I was finding was that was not the, the opinion of many, okay? this is That is just one opinion, right? So that's why it's really important that we do our own research or listen to people that we know we mostly trust because it aligns with what we also found. And also that they can admit that Some of this is opinion, right? That they don't know everything. I certainly don't know everything, but I also am a lifelong learner. And I think that is important. Lifelong learners can admit when they were wrong. They can update their information and they also are not end all be all with a thought. They realize that as more information comes in, we might need to change our methods, change our approaches. So I think those that I am wary of that have an opinion that cannot change their opinion or just making an opinion without really looking more into it and then telling others that that's what they should believe. So anyways, this is where I am coming from. And I just wanted to share that because I thought it was super interesting that it could be misleading parents trying to find information on time-ins versus time-out. Not to mention, the CDC has information on time-outs as a primary source of discipline. And I have my own opinion on that as well, which I'm going to say for the end. My opinion on the CDC's guidance on using timeout as a main way to discipline your toddler or child, (laughs) but we will get to that later. Okay, so mindset. We have heard over the last few years how important mindset is, right? To have the right mindset before we embark or do something. So what are the mindset differences between time in and time out? So these are some mindset ideas and shifts. Time out can be viewed as more of a punishment, whereas time in can be seen more as guidance or a teaching tool. So we do know because of this language, we can assume that time in is probably most likely accepted in the gentle parenting world. Okay, what is another mindset difference? Time out can isolate the child as a form of discipline where time in emphasizes the connection and emotional support of the child. So we're really seeing an isolation versus connection. Time out focuses on correcting or fixing the undesired behavior where time in focuses on understanding and managing the emotions behind the behavior. So we're seeing a behavior focus versus an emotional understanding focus. Also, timeout can create compliance out of fear of isolation or punishment. So I will listen to you so I don't get said consequence, but it's out of fear, which is not true learning and You know, I have some stories about that as well that had been in the news or had been in the schools and teachers using fear and court cases and a story about teaching through fear. As as soon as you remove the fear monger, all the behaviors come back. It's not going to change a child in the way that that person who is instilling fear wanted to. Right now, it doesn't mean it's not causing <laughs> psychological damage to the children, right? But what it does mean is that that adult or teacher was getting their ch- kids to comply to them, but it's not generalized across other settings, it's not generalized across other adults. And then we're not really teaching the lesson. So, timeout can create compliance out of fear or isolation or punishment. And time in can aim to create a sense of security and understanding. So it's fear versus security. And there's a lot out about healthy attachment styles. We have a lot of conversation now with adults that are realizing their attachment style and how their childhood shaped that. There's a lot more awareness. Okay. So time out is rooted in behaviorist philosophy based on removing rewards like attention or interactions, following a behavior we didn't wanna see, like your child hits their sibling, they are taken to a place where there's time out, okay? And they're not gonna get any attention and any interaction. What is my thoughts on that? So there are instances, I think when we have attention-seeking behavior where we can ignore the behavior and it does make sense. However, I think there's also other instances where we need to actually not look at it that way. We need to look at it more in an emotional regulation attachment way. Of course, I want to get into that too. So that is the foundational difference in the philosophy of time in and time out. Also, the implementation environment can vary as well. So timeout is physically removing a child from a situation, more in isolation, as we talked about before. The problem is that younger children and toddlers might not fully grasp the reason for the isolation, whereas in time in, the child remains in the nurturing environment, can calm down and co-regulate with the caregiver, even if their support and physical proximity is from a distance. It doesn't mean necessarily the caregiver is directly hugging the child necessarily. There's other ways that we can physically support our child that isn't a hug if that doesn't work for our child, right? And then the goals and long-term impact. So time out aims at an immediate compliance. And this is where I say, I think this time out can work in the short term, but unfortunately it's not addressing all the underlying emotion needs to teach our children effective self-regulation skills. And Time In is looking at emotional intelligence, offering our children tools to understand, manage their emotions and feelings in the future and setting a foundation for empathy and self-regulation. Now, if you're doing Time Out, this is not to guilt you for that because I really don't That's not really my intention. This is just more of an empowering conversation because I do think there's a lot of parents that approach time out in a healthier way. Like I said, even the CDC condones time out. They have it on their site and you can read about it and they give a lot of information. I think though, there are foundational differences in mindsets in the two. And there may be parents using time out in a more appropriate manner and a safe manner. And I'm, so I'm not trying to cast judgment or shame on that, but I am trying to shift the conversation. Let's really look at this. Okay. Let's really look at this and let's learn something because there is something to learn from every different point of view or side, especially when we're looking at time out versus time in. So I think with the child, thinking through their shoes, their point of view, timeout could be seen as shame and not allowed to feel their emotions. This is might be just happening on accident. As parents, we don't mean to be doing this, okay? But this could be how our child internalizes it, right? So if we can put ourselves in our child's shoes, their sister or brother, their sibling took a toy. From them, and it really frustrated them, and they didn't know how to deal with it, so they hit their sibling. And they might feel like the situation was unfair that they went to timeout when they had a toy. In fact, grabbed from them, whether you saw it or not. Okay, sometimes as parents, we do catch the the thing that happens, but often we're going to choose to react to the behavior that was the most inappropriate. Grabbing a toy while is not great. Compared to hitting, we see is much more unacceptable. And so that is the behavior we're choosing the behavior, right? That's going to get that consequence of the timeout. So timeout alone is not always a great strategy because we're making our children feel like they could be troublemakers, right? They could be troublemakers when really they had a lack of skills. Even as parents, we have a lack of skills. So that's why I always like to come back to that, the mama mindset. Our toddlers are learning. When we are parents, you know, did we give them, work with them on those essential communication skills? Did we make that part of our routine? And these conversations shouldn't just be happening with our kids after the timeout. This is actually where I I really differ with a lot of even the the time in, time out. Both of them I have a little disagreement on actually, because these skills need to be worked on during when your child is learning best playtime. Okay, we we don't want to just wait to to talk about and have the conversation after the timeout or after the time in. We wanna make sure that we are incorporating language skills and self-regulation strategies during playtime, during when your child is calm and not even related to a behavior, not even related to a meltdown or tantrum. This is really the true missing link because as I may have said before, parenting strategies are missing one of the most important steps, the first step, which is proactive skills and strategies for our toddlers. So I'm trying to be fair here. I'm tr- when, when I'm looking at time in time out, I'm trying to be fair. I'm trying to share my opinion in a fair manner. And I'm not just coming down on time out. I also can see that time in can have some things that might be lacking as well. Let's look at some studies. Okay, so we're we're gonna we're gonna briefly kind of look at some studies and then we're gonna take a break. So there were three newer studies within the last three years. There was a 2021 study published in the Journal of Early Childhood Research and Practice, and they looked at time in and we're gonna go over that. And I think you know, some of these studies, they they looked at children that were a little bit older, okay? So they were more in that preschool to kindergarten range. But some of the studies did include three-year-olds. And I think that's great because if you have a two-year-old and we know this can work for a three-year-old, what can we learn from it and how can we adapt it to be on our two-year-old's level? So I will be right back from the break to break down these studies, such as that 2021 study and some other research, like the self-regulation study they did in the first five years, okay, that came out in 2017 and what and that actually, you know, what that mentioned. And then comparing the newest three recent studies and what can we really learn from that? How big were the studies? What are the takeaways? All right, when we're back from the break. Hey, mamas, let's take a quick break. I wanted to share with you Meltdown Mastery, the listening and skilled toddler mini course. Get helpful tools sent straight to your inbox and get your child to listen in two seconds. Imagine a calm, home with less meltdowns. Go to the show notes for the link or head to twinmomroadmap.com/guides for super helpful tools and resources. Also, become a part of our cozy Facebook community for support, conversation and double the laughter. Link in show notes to join. All right, we are back and we are delving deeper into the time out versus time in debate. I am sharing my opinions, insights, thoughts, and the research I found. We are picking back up on the studies. So I did find three newer studies within the last three years that do talk about time in. And I will get to those in a moment. Um, I also wanted to say, I really enjoyed the studies that had preschoolers. Because if you have a two-year-old or a -a two-and-a-half-year-old, the preschoolers that were three, that's not so far off from then. Yes, there is a lot of change that happens in that time, but it just means that, that we just need to modify it and customize it to our two-year-olds. And I also think one of the reasons that I did see that they had older kids in the studies was because younger kids could not self-report in the same way due to less communication skills. So that's why they did have three-year-olds in the study, but not necessarily two-year-olds because at the age of two, we are really building, building that language. And personally, I believe that those who are active strategies, such as building language, communication skills, like my turn, I want, are super important because a lot of these meltdowns and tantrums are happening because our toddlers cannot communicate and they can resort to physical reactions such as hitting, kicking, or biting. So off of my soapbox there, the most important findings of these studies were that time in reduced aggressive behavior, increased self-regulation skills, and increased social behavior skills. And I know this is all things that parents want for their children and their toddlers. So besides these three studies that I'm going to mention about time in, there were other studies done, such as the development of self regulation across early childhood. That was 2016. And these are mostly just about self-regulation, the importance of self-regulation. There was a study promoting self-regulation in the first five years, a practice brief in 2017. And I will talk about that one. Self-regulation in preschool, examining its factor structure and associations with pre-academic skills and social emotional competence in 2021. And then we had the meta-analysis of self-regulation in early childhood 2020, which I also want to talk about that one. So let's pick two of those, two out of those four that I just mentioned. Now, these are not the ones about time in. Again, these are ones about the importance of self-regulation skills for early childhood development, which leads us into the time in approach. Okay, so that first one, I mentioned promoting self-regulation in the first five years, a practice brief, 2017, by the Frank Porter Graham Child Development Institute. Okay, so one of the big takeaways was the interventions that they use led to significant improvement in child stress levels and regulation of emotions, thoughts, and behaviors. So they found reductions in aggressive behavior and improvements, in problem-solving skills, resilience, attention, um, you know, less emotional stress, a reduction in that. So they found a lot of benefits. The interventions that were included, both parents and child, as well as classroom-based interventions, and they found those were the most effective when those interventions focus on multiple areas, not just one area. Now, in this study, they did use positive reinforcement, modeling, role-playing, problem-solving skills, emotional regulation skills. Um, they helped train parents. They did. So this is kind of interesting. They did use timeout as a strategy. But this is kind of my thought on it. Looking at all of that, they were doing so many positive things that Kind of shows that yes, even if you're using a timeout and you're using it in a way more like the CDC guidelines, right? Where we're just, we're making sure it's a safer timeout. Um, where we are making sure it's not neglectful or abusive, right? It's so it's a safer timeout strategy and we are pairing it with all those other things like positive reinforcement working on self-regulation skills, we're going to see a benefit. Okay. So that study was, like I said, came out in 2017. So I think that's really interesting to note. And I want to say that it did include timeout. So as I'm reporting these studies, I'm trying to be fair based off of the findings and off of the debate of time in versus timeout. So they found great results and they did include timeout. So I just want to call that out because I like to be As I said, I like to be open-minded and fair when we're looking at information. So a few years later, in 2020, we had the meta-analysis by Robson, Smith, Blair, and Friedman, and the study included 150 studies with a total sample size of over 215,000 participants. The study found that self-regulation in early childhood was a strong predictor of a wide variety of outcomes later in childhood and adulthood. So they looked at academic achievement, mental health, and interpersonal behaviors. So they found a really strong correlation, actually, to working on the self-regulation skills to academic success. There was a correlation to mental health, but it actually in this study was not as strong as academic achievement. Very interesting. And the interpersonal behaviors is interesting too. Um, the interper- so what does that mean? It's, it's the relationships that your child is going to have with others, such as cooperation. In the study, the things that the interventions and examples that were used and they recommend to promote self-regulation was, they found positive reinforcement, modeling, role playing, problem solving skills and emotional regulation. So that was very similar to that 2017 study as far as the recommendations. I did not see anything about the time out with that one. Okay. I didn't see anything with the time out with that one. So, if I do find something where they do state something about that, I will I will update. Okay, I will try to update. This. But as of right now, I didn't see them mention timeout as one of their strategies compared to the other study. But I am happy to update that if I do find that information. Now let's get to the studies about time in. There are some studies to support time in as opposed to timeout. For example, Even though, like earlier, I mentioned there was a blog post that said there really isn't anything out there. And I think there were some other ones I found that also said similar things. There isn't really anything out there. But interesting enough, there are. They just came out after the date of those posts being published. But those posts just happened to have great SEO. And so... That's why we need to be careful. What we read might be outdated. So in 2022, there was a study published in the Journal of Child Development found that time- in was more effective than time out in reducing aggressive behaviors in preschool children. In 2021, there was a study published in the Journal of Early Childhood Research and Practice, and they found time in was more effective than time out in improving self-regulation skills in preschool children. And then in 2019, there there was a study published in the Journal of Parenting Science and Practice that found time in was more effective than time out at increasing pro-social behavior in preschool children. So we have different takeaways here, but I also think they had a lot of similar takeaways as well. These studies are suggesting that time-in may be more effective and a positive strategy than time-out because it involves sitting with your child in a calm and supportive way to help them learn to regulate their emotions and behaviors where time-out can feel isolating to a child. This could lead to them feeling rejected, ashamed. It can also make it feel difficult for them to learn from their behavior, especially if there's no conversation after attached to it, okay? On another note, time in is not necessarily a magic quick fix, right? It's going to take time and patience because your child, your toddler is not going to learn how to self-regulate right away, However, the research that suggests that time in is a more effective and positive approach than time out. And then there were some tips based off of the studies, right? Some tips based off of these studies that were suggested. I'll go ahead and read those. So choose a quiet and safe place to sit with your child. Stay calm and supportive. Avoid yelling, shaming, or blaming the child. Help the child to understand their emotions and behaviors. Work with the child to develop a plan for next time. Okay, that's involving them. That is collaboration and cooperation. And be patient and consistent. And of course, if you are struggling with behaviors and meltdowns and using time and strategies and you are concerned about your child or concerned because something seems off, you can always talk to a pediatrician, child psychologist, or an early childhood professional, okay? So let's look at this 2022 study in the Journal of Child Development. This study involved 120 preschool children who were randomly assigned either a time-in or a time-out group. So we can look at this number, 120. Okay, that's relatively small, especially compared to that meta-analysis we talked about earlier that had to do with self-regulation. But We still have this information, so we should still look at it, right? 120 preschool children. All right, so the time in group and the time out group both received five-minute interventions. The outcomes of the study were measured by a variety of assessments, including teacher ratings of aggressive behavior, child self-reports of emotions, and parent ratings of child behavior. I love that it included all of these things. I love that it included the child self-report as well because I think their perspective is really important. And also, this is why they did the study on older children because they would be able to self-report on their emotions. But we can still apply this to younger toddlers. One of the main things was the results show that children in the time-in group showed significantly greater reductions in aggressive behavior. So this is super interesting. When they did the studies, children who had more emotional dysregulation, they really saw the correlation of reducing those aggressive behaviors with using time in. It also, there was a correlation between children who had experienced trauma and maltreatment. There was also a great correlation there with using time in. That means if our children don't have huge emotional dysregulation and don't have huge trauma or maltreatment, like they don't have those things, you know, because they're in a loving home, okay, we're not perfect, but they're in a loving home. Imagine then what we can see if we use these strategies, right? So the time and intervention was most effective when it was implemented consistently. And when it was combined with other positive parenting strategies, such as positive reinforcement and modeling. And again, that just shows like, you know, Time in, in itself, is not enough. We need other proactive strategies like the ones I use in Meltdown Mastery, the Listening Skilled Toddler mini course. All right, let's look at the 2021 study published in the Journal Early Childhood Research and Practice. Okay, so the study involved 101 preschool children, age three to five. The children were randomly assigned to either a time-in group or time-out group. Again, very similar five-minute interventions for both same as the other study. So the children were encouraged to talk about their feelings and come up with a plan for how to behave differently next time. So that is collaboration and cooperation. Okay, the timeout group received also that five-minute intervention and they removed the child from the situation. They did isolate them. The child was not allowed to talk to the teacher or other children during the timeout. To measure the study's outcomes, they use the Preschool Self-Regulation Assessment Scale, also known as the PSRAS, which is a teacher-rated assessment of children's self-regulation skills. The Preschool Self-Regulation Assessment Scale rated or measured self-regulation in four different dimensions, emotional control, attention regulation, inhibitory control, and planning organization the results showed that children in this time in group showed significantly greater improvements in self-regulation skills than the children in the time out group some additional insights from the study were very congruent with the other study about the students that had emotional dysregulation trauma maltreatment they definitely saw that correlation and that improvement And they also saw it with consistency as well. Okay, so very similar. And then the 2019 study published in the Journal of Parenting Science and Practice, the study involved 96 preschool children aged three to five years old, also randomly assigned to a time-in time-out group, also a five-minute intervention. And they measured it with a preschool social behavior scale, which is PSBS. And- that measures four dimensions of pro-social behavior. So helping others, sharing, cooperation, and turn taking. Okay, super important, right? The results show that children in the time-in group showed significantly greater increases in pro-social behavior than the timeout group. And they also found very similar again with students who had most emotional dysregulation, trauma or maltreatment, and that. Other strategies like positive parenting and modeling and being consistent were important. Like they all share that. So what do we learn from this? These studies that we just talked about. Also, how do we relate that to other approaches that are already being used in schools? That wraps up today's podcast episode about the time out versus time in debate. We are going to finish. The talk. Next podcast episode, next week, we're going to talk about the studies that actually utilize the time in approach. What were the findings and some comparisons and strategies I used that I saw in school, in the classroom? And then also my own time in cool down, or what I also call a calm choice approach. Next episode. Thank you for listening in and I will see you then. And that wraps up another episode filled with tools and insights to help your parenting journey have clarity and ease. Remember, every child is unique and so is our experience, especially when there's more than one. Keep celebrating those small victories and learning along the way. I'm Heather, your Twin Mama Guide. And until next time, here's to raising skilled, self-regulated toddlers who listen, learn, and love. Take care and see you soon.